lords, my ladies, and everybody else here not sitting on a cushion. Well, we have a rather curious subject this morning. To study our heritage from the past is not simply a waste of time, because most of that heritage is still with us. I think it's, it's important to live life with a knowledge of its mystery and of your own mystery. And it gives life a, a new zest, a new balance, a new harmony to do this. The human story is much more complicated and much more mysterious than we've been taught. We need to wake up as a human species. We need to become our own leaders. This is, the, in my view, the next step forward. When people find out what it is that's ticking in them, they get straightened out. We can win the fight, but we can win a little every day. And every day when we make the smallest victory, there will be a little more of happiness and a little less of pain. Every day, one step forward, even a small decision, will strengthen us for another one tomorrow. And gradually, these right decisions will bring us enlightenment and companionship in the spiritual adventure of existence. You know? Hacha! It's more of a NASCAR fan. Yay! Oh, there you go. That's cool. It's like uh, the bootleggers from Alabama. I grew up going to the see the the, the grave digger and monster car truck rallies at the, the book in Pennsylvania. That was my, my orig origin story. That's how the book started. That was the beginnings of everything. With Grave Digger? Grave Digger. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I picked this book up and I thought, I bet he was watching monster trucks and Grave yeah. Digger when he was little. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I thought of, uh, well, welcome to Wayfinder, guys. Uh, we're here with, uh, with the amazing, the wonderful, the pleasant, uh, and the abnormally fit. Aaron Alexander. Good. I don't think it's abnormal. I think it's just, I think it's more common a human physiology to like be put together. In a yeah. What's natural. It's how it should be. I think it's, yeah, I think it's not, isn't that wild that that's, that that's abnormal. Like right. That guy looks like he could run for more than a quarter mile. Wait, what's, I think what's I, what going a on? Steroids? What's what a, <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing, right? Is, is that, that, uh, what's normal and what's natural are no longer the same thing, Yeah. but they should be. That's correct. Right. So, You've got this uh, this amazing book that I've been able to flip through a little bit here. This is called The Align Method, and we've got like three cameras here, so we'll figure out which one makes the most sense to put that on later. Yep. Um, when does this come out? December 24th. This is the galley copy that you are holding. Okay. So, yeah, it'll be out and about December 24th of 2020. How long you, did you work on this? This has been intentionally since origins of proposal and then shopping it to the publishers and then you know all that because that's all you're putting all of your intention like what sure. the book is going to be um maybe a year and a half beautiful you happy with it yes it's incredible yeah, I'm immensely Just, happy with it i've been following um where can people find you on social media by the way everything is aligned podcast l-i-g-n okay podcast yeah align method is the name of the book align podcast is uh the handle for all the social media. Yeah, I got lazy. I didn't do, <clears throat> there's an aligned band as well for a you know, self-care page. And uh, yeah, Aaron Alexander was taken originally. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be the Aaron Alexander. I'm not, you know, I'm like, fuck it, just align podcast, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, down. Not to mention like the uh, the Alexander band. Yeah. It's not quite as marketable as, as. Plus the Alexander technique was already taken, so. Is it really? Yeah. What is yeah, the Alexander that's, technique? That's a real thing. It's actually similar. It's in a similar vein of um, like rolfing, which is part of my background. Or rolfing, like rolling on floor laughing? 
Yep, that or just like vomiting is another another way that that sounds. Um, yeah, so it's it's essentially like structural integration is a better umbrella term for all of that. So yep. integrating or organizing your physical parts in space or in the field of gravity. You know, so once your your parts are lined up, just like any building. You know, so if you if a, a structure was you know think of the World Trade Center, if all of a sudden you took out you know, the bottom quarter of the World Trade Center, you'd be like, ooh, I don't know, that doesn't look good. Yeah, you know, yeah. We'd have to put up a bunch of supports and kind of you know, find different ways to, so that it doesn't tip over. It's the same thing in your in your body. If you have alignment with your ankle to your knee, to your pelvis, to your spine, to your other parts, then all of a sudden those cables and pipes and all that stuff that is your nervous system and your fluid networks, they can line up and you can be a healthy, robust, aligned organism and once you're in that position then your body begins to heal itself and if you're out of that position then there's conflict really yeah so people who have slipped discs and different back problems and things like that it's, there's probably some alignment issues people are sitting around too much and there's almost absolutely alignment issues and then there's also an emotional component and all that that's interesting as well you know what's so that about well so they think if you are you know so scoliosis for example is more common with adolescent girls and so as an adolescent girl, there's all sorts of interesting things happening. There's like growths coming mm. out of your chest and there's blood coming out of your body. And it's weird shit. men are staring at you like some kind of prey animal. And it's like, it's an interesting time to be alive. I'd imagine, um, I could only guess. And <laughs> in that time, it would make sense that if you had the option that you would maybe kind of like cover up a little bit. Right. Since it's not so socially acceptable to like put a box over your body and yeah, go yeah. to school you kind of can hide inside of yourself and then you kind of contort your spine in such a way that makes you feel like nobody sees you. Interesting. So like I always, this is one example. This well, is no, and that's incredible thing. because like one of the things that we talk about on, on this show a lot is that, that everything in life is a relationship. Life's just made up with relationships, Rela relationship with yourself, yeah. your relationship with, you know, your, your self image. And every, every one of those relationships says something about you and does something to you. Yep. So it's a spiraling relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about here is this emotional reaction to a physical environment, which causes you to do a thing, which then self-perpetuates mm -hmm. at that point, right? So this is like how we get into these misalignments in our body. So you and I talked earlier, like I sat at a desk for 10 years and didn't do shit, yep. right? And so that, that creates a problem. Well, then once that problem begins to, to take root in my lower back or whatever from anyone who's sitting at a desk all day long, it becomes more and more difficult to get up and, and go exercise. Yeah, you get kind of stuck. You get kind of like, like that's what one of the primary aspects or chapters of the book is just encouraging people to spend more time on the ground. Crazy, yeah, you crazy guys, revolutionary you ground idea. culture concept. Floor right? culture. Floor, floor culture. Yeah, but ground culture is fine too. Talk about that. Yeah. So just spent, so that's since the beginning of time, the human organism has going up and down off of the ground regularly throughout the day. You know, the time that that started to, to go away from that was that the origin of, of chairs, which goes back to Egyptian times. And, you know, it's like an indication of royalty, you know, right. you're sitting up above other people. And it's like the di then, then that leads into like the disease of affluence, affluenza. Mm -hmm. you know, so when you start to outsource that movement function of your hips and your ankles and your knees and all those parts, then your hips and ankles and knees and all those parts say, okay, cool. Fuck it. I guess, I guess we, we can, you're good. You're yeah, good. Yeah. Are we good? You're good. Okay, cool. We're good. <laughs> you know, and then that's, what are you doing tonight? I'm just going to atrophy. How about you? Yeah. I'm going to atrophy too. It'd be cool. 
exactly. Just throw out all the developmental <laughs> players and that whole function of, of what makes us human. Yeah. Right. So we have so what we end up doing, because then that leads to all sorts of different physiological bummers, is we outsource that then to paying for supplements, paying for exercise apparatus, um, all this weird stuff that the origin story of that is that we left our natural roots. The idea of our natural roots sounds like, okay, you know, like tinfoil hat, you know, I'm going to go out live in the woods and I'm going to, you know, have multiple wives or something. This is getting weird. You know, it's like, no man, like you just squatting down to the ground to pick something off the yeah. ground, you know, you drop your glasses or something like that. Like that's an opportunity for you to start to cultivate your fitness and cultivate your well-being. Sure. And so if you start to change your environment ever so slightly, you know, so add a comfy rug onto the floor, add mm -hmm. a couple floor cushions or a Moroccan poof thing, you know, then you come in there, put a foam roller down there, a couple balls, get a band, get a pull-up bar in your doorway, then your home becomes more of like a natural environment. And I then when, that. You, when you go in there, naturally what you your inclination is to use your home you know and so you say cool sweet let's like you know let's i'm gonna eat on the ground or i'm gonna check my text messages while i'm sitting on this really comfy cushion you know and then the byproduct of that is you are healing your hips you're circulating your blood you're circulating lymphatic fluid you're you know you're you're expanding contracting the your pelvic floor muscles it gets really tough to, uh, like, even for me now, you know, I told you I've been doing this for like nine months now yeah. after 15 years of doing fuck all. Right. And uh, it's, it's really tough for me to even go sit and like, I got, got a comfy couch. My body doesn't want to sit on that couch Good. anymore. Good for you. you know what I mean? That's and what I say in the book. I was like, I'm like, that's like the warning is like, just so you know, <laughs> once you go back into the way that your body's, you know, supposed is a funny word, but like the, the more like healthier version of itself yeah yeah it's not going to like that previous mold yep exactly yeah yeah your body's natural best self is going to be oriented on natural movements yeah like you said a couple million years of evolutions pointed us to where we are yeah which and will make you harder to control if your task your work is based around sitting in a chair staring into a computer all day long yeah um but there's nothing wrong with that you can put your computer beside a window and look out the window regularly. You mm -hmm. can put your computer down and get a lower desk. So you can be sitting in like, say you do a, like a Sukhasana position, like just cross legs or a straddle position. Like you do in any kind of like jujitsu dojo or just hanging out in the park, you know, or a Malasana deep squat, you go through that and you got the window. Maybe you crack it every now and again. Maybe you uh, don't use the air conditioning in your house that day or that, really? mo that moment. Uh, depending where, if you're in Dallas, probably throw the air conditioning on um, and just go outside and kind of get some of that. Not everybody lives in Venice Beach. Yeah, right. No, exactly. <laughs> but but the reason I point that out is thermoregulation is a form of fitness. You know, so your body just being cooped up in the same temperate condition all the time. Yeah. Once again, same way that your muscles around your hips and your pelvic floor and all that stuff, they say, cool, we're, we're, we're in atrophy mode. It's the same way at a cellular level when you expose yourself to, uh, or you don't expose yourself to a range of temperature. I get that. You know, I've talked to my kids about that. And that's something that, you know, growing up out in the, out in the sticks, being a hillbilly like I was, yeah. you know, we got used to being in, in the Texas heat, playing in the, in the woods and getting sticky and it's getting cuts and all that stuff. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, the kids, it's, uh, it's 70 degrees inside. There's a comfy couch and there's a video game. And it's like the easiest thing in the world to do yeah. to just, um, as, as a parent, sometimes I think to just stick your kid on the couch and let them do their thing during the summertime. Right. But it's, uh, it's another one of those self-perpetuating spirals because once a kid gets used to 70 degrees, 
and they get used to the video games. Like it's, it's really tough to get them to go outside. My kids, we took a two week road trip out to, uh, uh, to Sedona, right? Cool. Go spend some time out in the desert. And we've right. done it for the last three years. And, uh, it's hard to get them inside after that. Right. So it's just conditioning yourself to go do these more natural things. And it's, uh, there's so many cognitive correlations with what goes on in the, the mind of a person who's used to sitting on a couch and used to watching a, a TV or whatever it is versus someone who's out moving and doing those things outside. Yeah, it's it a whole different to, kind you of need thing. to just begin the, the process of redefining what normal is to you. Yeah. Because normal, statistically, and statistics are statistics. You know, there's like a Mark Twain quote that I like that said, there's lies, damn lies, and then statistics. But if you look at the world statistically, we're veering towards more anxiety and more depression and more obesity and diabetes and arthritis and all these different random spots and Alzheimer's, like all this shit. And we would, you would, you would say, I mean, that's an, those are alignment related issues. It's right? part of it. Okay. Yeah. So, the, so what the Align Method book does is it outlines the whole mechanical conversation the best that I and the team around the book could do. Okay. Uh, you know, and so th that gets into the mechanics of the way that our sight affects our physiology and how we can leverage that as a tool, the way that sound affects, the way that touch, mindfulness, all the, all the parts. If our sight's not right, right, then we're, we're leaning head, head forward toward a computer screen or whatever, and that's going to cause all kinds of problems yeah. on the neck and whatever yeah, else. Your sight's tied into everything, including your, your, the function of your autonomic nervous system. Okay. You know, so if you're chronically staring at something up close, i.e. like your cell phone, your computer screen, all that, that evolutionarily tells your body that you are about to attack something you're, you're focused you're kind of more in that like fight flight like okay draw my energy and channel into here you know when you go out more into like the blurred vision you know or you look out into a panorama over the mountains or the ocean immediately your reaction is this just You see, you can tap into that anytime because that's all tied into your visual system yeah. since, again, since the beginning of your humanness before that. Sure. You know, and so the common tendency, myself included in this, is after a stressful day of whatever, I want to deload, decompress, and stare into my Instagram notifications. You know, and when I'm doing that, I'm aware that I'm just perpetuating this cycle of stress. That's how I wake up in the morning. Most people, man, just wake up and fucking look at the Instagram. I think most people are that way. I do. It I don't know if you're joking. You're serious. No, no, no I'm dead serious. Like, so I, I, I get that it's like the worst thing in the world to do. Yeah. But it's I'm not a morning person, so it's like I. That's just, a belief system. That's a story. Okay, I'm gonna hear more about that. <laughs> that's a that's, I, I need to tell myself a different story. Uh, the uh, I wake up, dude, and I just it's like this cortisol. I'm just like, give me the cortisol, wake me up. Yep. Let me yeah. just. That, that's if I don't, I'm just gonna go back to sleep because we're addicted to stress. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing is that you are totally, it's like with anything. Like, so on your, on your platform, you talk about like psychoactive stuff and yep. all those things, you know, that's the biggest thing that most people fear. Like I fear is change, you know? And so when you're taking the blue pill or whatever color it was in the matrix and you're, you know, what's the guy's name? The, the, the boss guy, there's Neo and then the Morpheus Morpheus. Yeah. yeah Morpheus yeah. is like, okay, like which pill do you choose? You know, you're patterning, because you haven't died yet on your stressful patterns, mm -hmm. your inclination is to stay in that stress box. Yeah. You know, and so when there's an opportunity to come out of that, that almost feels more stressful because it's foreign. Yep. You know, so like chickens, like free range chickens, like if they are grow up inside of a dark pen, when they open up the door, say, cool, it's free range. You can go outside if you want. They're like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could die out there, man. Do you know I, I raised chickens? I raised chickens. No, I think I intuited that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Of course, we're in Texas, so, I mean, you can probably just assume there's a 50-50 chance I fucking raised chickens. Yeah, exactly. But you're totally right. Like, you know, we... we, we Are you right-handed? Yeah, dude, you're psychic. Dude! Yeah. Dialed the fuck it. in, man. Dialed in. Wow. Uh, yeah, man, it's totally how it is. It's like, and if the... If the expected discomfort, the, the discomfort of where you are is not greater than the discomfort yeah. for, or, for, change, for, yeah. for change or whatever, then you just kind of stick in those ruts. Yeah, That's man. where we stay. Yeah. And bodily, I was telling you earlier, one of the things that I think is really tremendous and uh, how long, well, first of all, how long have you been doing this physical thing? How long have you been you? Professionally been doing physical stuff, teaching people clients about physicality stuff for 16 years for 16 years but it's changed dramatically i was right. obsessed with bodybuilding and it's essentially like um teaching people how to be imbalanced for like at least five years i mean, really yeah i mean there's i'm still I'm, I'm sure looking back now at this point i haven't gotten to the end of anything yeah i'm sure i'll look back in 10 years and be like oh fuck man <laughs> that stuff that I was saying back 10 years ago. You're you know, just going to get more and more full of shit changed. in retrospect as you get older and look back. I think that's the natural tendency, yeah. Yeah, if, <laughs> we're, if, if we're growing the way that we should, then that's kind of how life goes, right? Yeah, man. Like, with every year that passes, every birthday, I reflect, and I'm like, you know what? I'm getting less and less full of shit, but I'm getting more and more full of shit 20 years, 20 years old, yeah. 22, 23. 20-year-old 20 yeah. me gets fucking dumber every year. Yeah, yeah. the sooner that you can get to the bottom of that, just take yourself less seriously. That's it. So, you know what? I'm glad that you said that. That's something that I'm trying to do right now. It's a big thing I'm trying to implement in my life is to, uh, to be more playful, to mm. be more playful with my kids. And that's another thing I got from, from following you. Mm. Of course, I felt like you were full of shit sure. when, you know, when I first saw that. It's like, I'll be more playful. I'm a fucking grown man. Like, what, what, how am I going to be more playful? I got to do things. I've got a yeah. technology company I got to deal with and that's very cool. left brain calculating shit going on. Uh, Aaron doesn't fucking know anything about, you know, yeah. what I got to deal with. He Damn, lives in a new age in Venice. Yeah, he's over in Venice Beach doing cartwheels in the fucking beach all day long <laughs> in his underwear. You know what I mean? The fuck do you know? I agree. I hear that. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with that. I'm completely. He's like, I, I've got no argument there. No, I completely uh, hear that. But no, but the reality is you you manage to, you make it a priority to, to it seems like from, from an outsider's perspective, to keep yourself playful yeah. and to surround yourself with play, to immerse yourself in that. How much does that have to do with, with that, that spiraling your life? Well, I think play is a relative word. So play has been bastardized into being this childish, uh, kind of careless or carefree term. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look at like hunter, gatherer, our ancestors slash, you know, people that are still doing that slash just like healthy people in the world presently. Sure. Uh, there's a, a, the filter that you perceive the world through can be one of playfulness. You know, and you can be the head executive, head of the board, standing at the edge of the table, you know, guiding the ship and still be like, by the way, guys, this is all a fucking game. This is probably <laughs> a dream. It may be a simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, we, we are, in <laughs> fact, living in a fucking video <laughs> game. Let's not get too serious here. Let's yeah. not get carried away. Yeah. You know. And I love that. But no, you're exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a lens to look at things through. Right? It's, it's just, just a lens. playful lens. You fucking yeah. wake up. Something goes wrong. I had something go really wrong the other day. And it was like a big thing at work that would have totally derailed me a year ago or six months ago. Yeah. But I just laughed. I said, it's a fucking game. Yeah, that's like, um, and life is all just a game. And it's, you know, every moment's the most important thing that ever could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that you could get into another kind of slippery 
territory where you start to become kind of like a psychopath and you say you know it's all a fucking game we go shoot these people up or something because yeah, it's yeah. just a fucking dream man that's charles Manson, all computers right? yeah. yeah you know and that's like that's like like the unabomber he was one of the guys that was tested with lsd like really heavily and they were doing some serious brainwashing shit with him and it makes so like the mk ultra stuff I don't know. Is you know that what it's that? yeah, called? They, I think that probably was right. Yeah, they had government programs called MK Ultra. Yeah. And they were doing LSD and stuff like that on people. And some of them, they wouldn't tell them. They were yeah. Doing that, you know, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And so like, I think there was something, this might be misrepresented, but I think they were like, they were, one of the things was like trying to break him during a time where he was tripping. And like mm -hmm. that was like the controlled thing. It was just like tell him how much of a piece of shit he is. And just like, right. how can we break this person's psyche? What does that look like? Can we do that? Yeah. You know, and then afterwards, like, oh, imagine that. He wants to attack the fucking government in the machine, <laughs> in the corporate machine. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> and so his ideas were actually quite lucid, you know, and his perspectives, his intention, uh, his his practices for arriving at his the destination that he had visualized were, I think everybody would agree, were like way deranged and off. Um, but underlying that, uh, I mean, his his perspectives was that like the the corporate machine and the government, mm -hmm. the way that things are, is you know it's destroying us. Uh, I I know you're a fan of Chris Ryan. He's cool, right? Yeah. So Chris Ryan uh, just uh, released a book called Civilized to Death. Yeah. Have you read that? Yeah, yeah, that, I have actually. Talk about that concept because mm -hmm. I I think I think my the, book's really similar. To, I was so I was gonna say to yeah. me that is that's something that when I first heard about Chris Ryan, which I, I think I heard of him through you a while yeah. back, yeah. and then I uh, heard him on another podcast talking about this new book, Civilized to Death. I thought you know that sounds a lot like a lot of your principles, of course, are, are really much more physically oriented than what I've personally had experience with in the past. Now, thanks to you and your work, I'm in the best physical and mental shape of my life. Yeah, right. So anyone, by the way, this is uh, this whole thing is happening because Aaron le legit had this impact on my life, right? So to share that with my audience is something that's important to me. But anyway, I the the idea of being civilized to death is something that I've kicked around for quite some time. You know, just I didn't really until your work understand how much physically we're getting fucked up hmm. by 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 civilization, right? So um, how does all that play into like you know the urbanization of of what we you know, living in these big urban farms and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Chris calls it like a zoo. He says, you want to live in the San Diego zoo instead of the Calcutta zoo. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you're going to be in a zoo regardless. Right. You know, if you go for a walk in the park and go into like nature in quotations, it's not fucking nature. Yeah. Like yeah. nature is when you're like watching your back because a lion might eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's nature. That's it. <laughs> do you ever do any like nature stuff like that? <laughs> yes, of course. Really? That's my favorite stuff to look at. You go out and, and, uh, and, oh and yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I lived in Colorado for five years. So like, oh, did you really going out in the mountains oh, yeah, and camping totally. and I was in the rock climbing and like, yeah, I mean, we'd like see mountain lions and approach bears and, and that's not like my life. I'm by no means like Mr. Nature, you know, yeah, yeah. What, what's a Survivor bear's man? grills or bear whatever. Grills? Not at all. Yeah. I'd love to be. That's aspirational. That's the direction I'd like to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, while maintaining all this other stuff as well. But I think living in nature and, and knowing that if shit hits the fan or whatever, like I know how to build a fire and I know how to create shelter. I've got this amazing community around me. Um, you know, I can hunt my own food. I mm -hmm. have a bow. I can gather. I can. I know which plants will kill me, which plants will feed me and my family. I think that that, even if you just approach that from a perspective of play, like that's your style of play. Yep. There's an underlying knowing that like I can take care of myself. Yeah, it, you, know? you definitely walk across the room different. 
fuck yeah you, you know do. same thing with learning jujitsu or muay thai and like you walk into a room like pretty sure i kick everybody's ass in here yeah, yeah yeah there's a sense like you're not gonna walk around cocky at that point yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing you walk around cocky if you're afraid that somebody's gonna kick your ass oh yeah absolutely yeah you're yeah you're projecting your insecurity everywhere because you you yeah. don't know yeah. yeah 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 grew up building fires and stuff being hillbillies like we were you yeah. know and then just seeing you know my, my kids know how to build a fire most of their friends don't and there's a there's just a whole different kind of thing it's like telling my kids to build a fire we, we go camping or whatever yeah and to be able to turn your kids loose with some sticks in the fucking woods and then have them make a fire as a parent it's a there's a confidence component to that too Certainly. just knowing that you're you've your offspring have got some basic survival tools to take care of themselves. Not to mention the, the, the byproduct of those processes is becoming a more embodied human being. Cause in order to do those things, you have to be fit enough to do it. Yeah. You know, so then that ties back more into like the mechanical conversation of the way that you inhabit your physical body. Physical inhabitants is the term that I kind of, I don't, I don't know that I made it up per se, but it's not a term that I hear a but lot. But you use it a lot. I use it a lot. And that's my, my intention of the Align Method book. Is what does that mean, physical inhabitants? The way that you, right now as we're doing this, we're inhabiting ourselves in such a way. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, the way that we're breathing, the way that we're looking. Um, the sounds that we have in and around our environment, the sounds that we make ourselves. What about the way that we're visualizing ourselves archetypally? Is that does that play into that at all, or is that something visualize totally ourselves? You mean like ourselves in the future, or, or our perception of self now? Our perception of self in the moment. Fuck yeah, man! That's yeah. the container that you hold yourself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you believe you're a fit, strong, strapping, robust athlete, whatever, you better believe you'll stay in that container. Yep. If you believe that you're a piece of shit that doesn't deserve anything and should just eat some McDonald's because the dollar menu is all I'm worth, mm-hmm. better believe that's where you're going to go. Preach, dude. That's it. Yeah. It's a big thing. The, um, you know, the, the discovery, the hero's journey in search of self is like one of the biggest things, one of the biggest journeys that we go on. And, we, and a lot of people don't even realize that we're on it, right? Is understanding that, that, uh, that perception of self and knowing that I'm, I'm like you said, I'm this strapping, powerful, capable, able-bodied person. So I should act as if, yeah, I should live that way. I should live as if I'm I'm a person who's worthy of, of love and being healthy. Um, you know, and I shouldn't just go sit on my recliner and be a lazy ass because I want to, because I'm better than that. I'm worth more than that. Yeah, You are better than that. Anybody listening, you are better than that. Yeah. That's (laughs) it. Without a doubt. There's no doubt about it. Like you got incarnated into this form for some fucking reason. Do you think life's a miracle? I don't know. I'd have to yeah. define miracle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. It's pretty special being you, though, right? <sighs> man, and there's like man. a billion sperm. I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's life. I, I'm like fifty-fifty with everything. I mean, yes, it feels pretty damn miraculous, um, but I think it's words. You know, it's like it, it depends on each individual's definition of what that sure. word means. Yeah. Um, but I feel darn grateful for everything. I can say that. Do you? Yeah. How do you, how does gratitude, uh, what is your relationship like with gratitude in your life? What do you think of when you hear that word? What does that mean to you? And how, how does, how do you implement gratitude in your life at all? That's a great question. I, um, I use it as like an anchor, you know, so I, uh, I come back to gratitude regularly all day um and then i have moments of feeling disconnected lonely separate uh without unworthy uh things like that and then i will 
lean back on the other filter, which is, wow, this is a fucking miracle. And wow, the fact that like I have legs that I can walk on right now and I'm pissed off about some bullshit, some minutia nonsense in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that y it's a practice to have a, a positive outlook, which it sounds kind of too light and cheesy. It's a practice to, to feel content, to feel supported, to feel loved, to feel successful, to feel like have purpose in your life. I think it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's something that you need to do, not just with having internal mantras saying like, you're the man, you're the best, you're handsome or smart or whatever makes you feel good. Also taking action on those things. Right. You know, and, and if you don't, if you do get lazy, then the world will consume your perception and the, the world from like, as far as like a corporate perspective would much prefer you be consumed by their media or consumed by their products or consumed by maybe their workforce. Yeah. Everything, everything in the, or most of the, the powerful influences in, in media and, um, in pop culture are really oriented on, on instilling scarcity yeah into your mind oh yeah so operating from a place of scarcity instead of a place of gratitude yeah and, you know and thanks for what what i have instead i'm feeling like i, I don't have enough yeah it's like i'm Ed not enough edward bernays who's the i think he was the nephew of sigmund freud he was the sort of the father of modern advertising and the big transition that he made with advertising was that we're not going to advertise you know the align method we're not going to advertise why it's like oh man it's going to make you stronger it's going to give you better abs and it's going to, you know, make you feel more confident and it's going to make you do better at your sport and work and family and all these things. It's like, no, we don't care about that. You need to identify with this because if you have abs, you're this type of person, mm. you know, I gotcha. you know, so, so it's like, oh, okay. So I see that car. It's like, it's not about the gas mileage or the type of rubber using the tires or whatever. It's that if I drive this car that I can't actually afford, I will be another person. Yeah. Yeah. And once you start feeding people that and they buy it, now you're, they're in a really great position to give you their credit card. Yeah, yeah, so you're, it's like they're creating these, these products as uh, building them up to be like an icon of a certain category of human, yep. right? And they control those icons and they control that category of human. Yeah. Start driving scarcity that much more and being but able to get whatever they want. Yeah, but the thing that it's challenging for any, I mean, this is definitely, I don't know what your audience enjoys listening to. Hopefully they enjoy like tinfoil hat type conversation because yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, direction sure. I'm going right now. Great. Um, but I think the thing that we all have, all of us, is our health and our movement and our, you know, that like in any point, if you're bored throughout the day, like you haven't paid enough attention to all of the amazing shit that's happening right now, even just in your body, like your breath. There's so much, you have a lifetime of work that you can do on cultivating your breath. Breath control is a big thing. It's so a big I, thing. I and then getting out of that is, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but going out of breath control and going into more of like a natural breath. Yep. Uh, you want to talk about breathing? Because one of the things I talk about, right, I'm such a neophyte to all of this shit, but like just in the meditative practices that I've gotten into in the last few years, it's been profound to mm -hmm. me, right? Just the, uh, the, the stretching and the yoga and stuff. A lot of that I've gotten from you. It's been fucking profound. Cool. Conscious breathing. 
yeah has been crazy for me yeah well you got to start off with conscious it's like uh alvin toffler has a quote about learning love alvin toffler first first you learn then you have to unlearn and then you have to relearn yeah yeah. you know so the process of recultivating one's breath uh you came from a place probably being your breath being kind of more up in your chest you probably maybe not probably very likely breathe your mouth more mm-hmm. than is necessary yeah um, and both of those just for starters put you into more of like a sympathetic fight flight type place mm-hmm. naturally it, you, what that would translate to is like oh, I'm like huffing and puffing on top of a hill you know or you know, I'm, I'm making to the top of the hill and I'm like out of breath and <sighs> you know in that or maybe I am under attack from some animal and I put the breath <sighs> up in the chest, you know, I want to just drive all that blood out in the muscles and kind of just get the fuck out of the room right now. Yeah. You know, but if you, so that your breath cycle, there's a one-to-one connection to your internal physiology, your mental, emotional state. And so if you can start to, so that's being uh, a little bit fire and brimstone, but say that's a kind of more of a place that you come from, more of like a stressed. Sure. Yeah. Like a, like a archetypal kind of like, okay, I breathe a little bit like stressed. Mm Mm-hmm. From there, okay, I've been patterned in that for a long time. My environments form me to that position because I will I will go into environments that kind of revalidate that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a it's like a, a man or woman that keeps going into an abusive relationship. It's like, wow, you're kind of dating the same guy for the last <laughs> twenty five years. Huh. Interesting. What's yeah, going on there? It's comfortable. You know, it's like I it's don't know. Familiar. I think all men are abusive. I don't get it. They're just I think I'm like I don't know. Like I feel I like don't know if that's it. There's something that you're comfortable with there. Yeah. You know, so the same thing. If you're comfortable in that specific breathing pattern, then you'll end up inevitably putting yourself in those positions to breathe that way. How do you break those patterns? Start well, there's a few different ways. There's two different directions, probably more than that. But one, change the environment. You know, so the environmental shift that you could do is, like I mentioned, just put yourself have yourself look up more often. When you walk into the room, look up into the ceiling. When you walk outside, look up into the clouds. When you look up into the trees. What that's going to do is going to put you into that more of that panoramic view. Same thing we talked about earlier. What does panorama do to you? It makes you breathe like, oh, man, just let it out. Mm. You know, so that's one thing you could do. Um, another thing you could do would be, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Uh, incorporate touch into your life. Hug. Yeah, yeah. Get a hug. You know, hug everybody. Hug. Well, I mean, unless they're not into it, in which case, you know, it might be even better for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, be respectful and understand well, what, 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 what hugs room do? you're in. So much, man. So touch. So just like uh, I, I talk in in the the book about the Romanian orphanages back in the late '80s. There okay. was there was too much kids and not enough caretakers. The, the dictator was like saying no birth control. You got to make as many humans as possible, and then we couldn't care for them. Then there was like the fall of the whole thing, and then we have all these humans and nobody to take care of them, they're not getting touched enough, they just don't grow. You know, so if you can, people can look up, or you know, it's in the book, but look up Romanian orphanages, touch, yeah, yeah. and you'll see endless research on the effects of little kids not having enough contact. They get all the nutrition they need, but they're not having that physical contact that says, I accept you, I love you, I'm taking care of you, we're on a team, you're in the tribe, you're connected. Right. You know, in our autonomous world where I can do it myself, Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm as, especially as I think, well, as a man or a woman, I can only speak from a man's perspective, but I, I feel like if you don't feel like I can do it myself, it means you're weak. Right. You know, 100%, so, you, so yeah. you learn how to suck it up and put your tie on and all right, cool, like get to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where really what would have maybe potentially been immensely helpful for you and, you know, the health of 
yourself now and in the future and your family and your team and everything is to have a moment of saying like, you know what, like I'm not feeling well right now. Yeah. Yeah. I could really use some support. I think, you know, one of the big things I know that, that I've seen personally in like the corporate world is that there's uh you know, and I've talked to lots of people about this is that there's a, uh, the whole facade of professionalism yeah. really is first and foremost oriented on, uh, negating vulnerability. Mm. you know or totally. com- or completely shutting down any any uh any vulnerability that you might express to anyone right so yeah. like the most professional guy at the table is going to w- be the one who's the most intimidating or the most you know seems like the most stoic guy there and so we've built this culture of of uh fake invulnerability in men and we get this again i can't speak from a, a woman's standpoint but uh from a guy in the corporate world like it's uh it's just really unhealthy, toxic sort of masculinity, mm-hmm. masculinity that goes on. Yep. And um, again, everything says something about you and does something to you. So you go take that same energy back home uh, and you're not cultivating those male relationships with other men, you know, who are connected with their feelings. Yep. You're not, they're not, nobody is. How much have your relationships with, with your friends, particularly other men, how much has, has there been a, a brotherhood that you've cultivated in your life that's given you an outlet for healthy, uh, a healthy flow of masculine energy and dealing yeah. with things in an authentic way. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been like a, a lifeline for me. You're standing in a room of some of my like closest friends that have taught me more about love, especially between men than, you know, many other, I, I think it's just that I've been open. I don't know who, who started what, you know, I think in, in, in some part, like I've been so closed off throughout my life um, out of fear of, I think the big thing is just not feeling worthy of love. Yeah, yeah. Is a big, you know, that's something that's common with a lot of people, but but me, I, I noticed that, you know, is that, so we're in, I don't know if people know who's like Aubrey Marcus, or like the whole on it sphere or whatever. Everybody here knows Aubrey. Great. All right. So we're recording in his office right now and I'm over his place. I'm staying at his, his, his place and uh, he has my, my, the galley of my book sitting up, like facing out on his shelf partly just because he's, you know, he's got to get to it because we're about to do an interview about it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But I think he would anyway because he, like, actually loves and cares about me. Yeah, yeah. And that idea, when I saw that coming into the house, he didn't set that up for me. I mean, I don't think. <laughs> to me, I see that, and it's almost, like, hard for me to look at. Right. And those are moments where I look in, and I'm like, fuck, man. You know, like, it's there's still these blockades yeah, yeah, around yeah. Just the not belief quite worthy. that I, Something like that, and I think what that translates to is uh, the feeling of being loved entirely. I think that means you have to show all of your shit. You can't just show your handstands and your backflips and your muscles and your supplement cabinet and your car and how organized and put together your hot girlfriend. Like That's great. Those are great byproducts of something. Um, But underneath that, there's also shit and you piss and... You know, you have an anus and you have a, you know, a perennium and you have a shame about all these different little things. Toxic emotions and and traumas and all kinds of stuff. Sometimes you don't say the right thing. Sometimes you're scared of things. A lot of times you're scared of things. Mm -hmm. You know, and so to be like truly allow love in entirely, it means that you need to open yourself up to all of those parts that you might not feel it's safe to let people see. Yeah. And so being around a group of people maybe starting with yourself, but I think people are an extension of yourself. So, you know, maybe, maybe what's the difference, um, that really like radically accept anything. It's a really big deal. And if you're around a group of people that are too afraid to accept anything, 
um, then there's a good chance you'll stay locked up in that like zip up the tie and get your stilettos on or I guess those are I'm kind of I'm mixing sexes there <laughs> you know but then you put up put on all the all the clothes and you zip yourself up and you go out into the world and you show the world what's acceptable yeah you know so I think the sooner that we can be vulnerable with our I'm kind of ranting I apologize but the sooner you can be that's what we're here for man good perfect so the sooner that you can get to a point of I think it's it's healthy to give little little like tidbits of vulnerability just to like test the waters yeah yeah you know, you don't have to necessarily come out and do the whole shebang, right? But like, just little. I just tidbits. open with that. I just shake someone's hand and then just give them all my garbage. And just yeah, you, you might, well, yeah, it might not be, it might be that. But I think <laughs> that what you do if you do little little tidbits, um, it opens the next person up. Says, wow, sure. wow, that person is pretty fucking vulnerable with me, man. That's you it. I, I think. And then they do the same thing. They're totally this right. Ping pong match, and then eventually you're like, I think we've talked about everything, everything that we have access to presently, at least. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Let's go get a beer. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's not trying to put up that posture, right? That that facade of like I'm in. It has to come I've down. You will together. become tired. Yeah, yeah. You know, so whether you become tired at age sixty-five or maybe right. you know later than that, or you become tired at age sixteen, that facade will become tiring, and you mm -hmm. will have to put it down because you're gonna have to like get some real air at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's your uh? when you're applying all of these different ideas, yeah. right? Which are not just physical fitness ideas. It's, it's emotional. It's, it's, uh, it's intellectual, all kinds of stuff. Um, what does that evolution look like in your, let's say your romantic life, right? Your dating life. I mean, has there been major fuck ups in your history where you maybe didn't know some of these things and you were like, fuck man, really I, didn't represent yourself the way that, you know, you were proud of. And yeah, certainly. Um, so my thing has been over the years is to be like veering towards projecting as though I'm like the Dos Equis man. You're that guy. You know, so like, it. cool, like I bought a one-way ticket to Bangkok. We'll see what happens. Or like next year, all right, cool. I'm going to Columbia. Got my climbing rope, my backpack. And I'm just, <laughs> just like, fuck it. You know, I sold all my shit. I'm out. I'm going for six months. So, yeah, I'll take some pictures. Like, see you later. You know, and so that was throughout my 20s. That was kind of what I was uh, doing. In, in large part, I was doing other stuff too. Um, but I, I realized that a big part of my doing that was um, just a means of, one, potentially putting like a, uh, stopping the, the potential of any relationships really deepening because I, that, that felt like perhaps scary. Right. You know, so I was always had that, okay, cool, we Why can do this. Why was that scary to you? I the idea of having a deep relationship, a connection with someone, is it because you weren't worthy of love still? Is that, was that, yeah, driver. I think I think if, I think if there was there was some of that of of feeling like this will open up a can of worms that maybe I don't want to look at right now about yourself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. every relationship is kind of a mirror, right? Every relationship's what? Kind of a mirror. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? See things of of yourself and the other person. You're like, I don't want to do this. That's correct. Yeah, if you I go past, like so it. so it's it's easy if you feel really comfortable in one particular layer. It's easy to dance in that layer with lots of people. And yeah. it may look like you have lots of friends. It may look like that may make you financially successful because, you know, like nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. You know, and so you have all this stuff. It's like, wow, cool, really. But oftentimes within that, the reason that there is so much, you know, money and material that's been produced and this crowd around, um, it could be just because you're compensating for a deeper sensation of, like a void mm -hmm. type feeling. 
did did you face that um over a long course of time that that void that that unworthiness inside and that we all have right like we yeah. all i think pretty much we all struggle with self-love right? i don't know i've had people some people that would say well some people are really arrogant like they don't struggle with self-love well, no ar- those arrogance people is, are the worst yeah arrogance or the is, best or whatever right arrogance is not the, the same as self-love right yeah. um arrogance is usually a patch you know, mm. so if you if you move with arrogance, it means you're going out of your. And I only can say that because that's where I come from and still occupy at times. Um, you know, if you're going out of your way to show people how cool you are, if you have to show, typically it's an indication that underneath there, there's some weakness that you're trying to cover up. Right. It's the same thing with the guy that's like a black belt and everything. Here's the bar. He's not going to be a cocky cunt. Right. He's be totally chill, easy, mild yeah, manner. Yeah. Probably won't get in a fight with anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, because he doesn't put that out. Whereas the person is looking to prove something, they're looking to prove something because they actually feel perhaps like afraid. Hundred percent, hundred percent. What do you want to accomplish with your life's work with this book? What do you want to do? Do you want to make the world a better place? <laughs> is that what you're doing? You're, you're trying Again, to save humanity, words. Words. one vertebrae at a time. Yeah, I mean, better is is relative. So uh, what I do, what I would like to see is I would like to see shame ridden from the human body, okay, uh, in any form. And I know without a doubt that physical empowerment or physical embodiment uh, inhabitants uh, is one of the pathways to that. There's a lot of other things that you can do that will that will bring you back into a deeper level of physical inhabitants, or you can just focus directly more mechanically. Um, in the Align Method book, we I, I, I hit it from both ends. Um, but that's what I, I really am excited to see. It's not what I want to see. I mean, it's, it's that I'm... I'm I already see it. I was just about to ask you: Do you see the the, the tide coming in on this these kinds of realizations? Hundred percent. Societally, yes. people are. Yeah, I think so. Hundred yeah. percent. And I think that there's very likely will be a perhaps like a why in the road, mm-hmm. where there's people that like stick to their bodies and stick to getting their feet in the dirt and stick to climbing trees and loving each other and playing with each other and the, the, the things that are you know I what I conceive to be more meaningful. Um, and then there may be people that are like going like bionic man type direction and just like download the computer into your brain and enter the enter the next level of the simulation. I don't know if things are a simulation. I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> that as a joke. But I think it's pretty much probably like 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Like have you worn the goggles? The, the VR goggles? Yeah. Uh no, well we did at the office we had the the PlayStation ones but not like the other Dude. ones. Dude. I mean it's not that good right now, but um, it's pretty darn good. Yeah. And when you and when you get all souped up, like Alan Watts talks about this, which who I know you're a fan of. He, yeah, big he, time. He talks about um, at some point. Essentially, he's describing this VR reality that's happening right, right now. And you know, at first it'll be like you know we we get the visual thing, and then we're like, okay, cool, that was that was fun, but like I want more. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, cool, we're gonna spray essential oil, so it's like you're in the woods and you can smell the pipe. right. Wow, cool, all right, cool, okay, cool, but like I can't feel it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, cool, now we have air and we're blowing, and you were like, and slowly, surely, you know, and now we're just so high def on the vision. It's like, wow, like I cannot decipher the difference when yeah, i wear yeah. these fucking goggles <laughs> it's yeah you it's know, totally it's, that thing and so whether i'm not i just think it's it's interesting i mean elon musk seems pretty pretty intelligent he seems to be convinced that there's a good chance that's the case as well yeah. i don't care it doesn't matter if all of a sudden i found out right. that this was all a truman show or this is a simulation yeah. or this is made by jesus or whoever yeah. i'd be like 
Oh, okay, cool, sweet. Yeah, do you do the? Do you, yeah, I, 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 uh, I decided that this whole thing was a fucking video game a few years ago, and uh, and and I, I don't really care. It it, it doesn't it, make it, any it, difference. It really You're still gonna anything. play the game the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love one of the things that Jordan Peterson says. He says, you know, play the game in such a way that you get invited back to play again. Yes, it's like one of the most meaningful things ever. You know, um, so that's my kids' thing. I'm always telling them, I'm like, just don't be fucking assholes. Do a good job. Try well, your best. But yeah, I mean, that's the th that's the most powerful form of currency is your relationships. Yeah, yeah. And so if you continually do good by every fucking person you come in contact that's with, it. as often as possible, sometimes yeah, yeah. you're not going to be able to even like make eye contact. You just have to walk through or whatever. You just don't. Have, you got there's other stuff you got to do, but hopefully the other stuff that you, you have to do is in the name of supporting the tribe. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the more that you can live your life based off of that, like every day, how do I support the tribe? That's it. You know, and recognize that supporting your tribe is also supporting your own health it's also having taking care of your own thoughts and taking care of your own feelings taking care of your own emotions taking care of the own mechanics of your body you know so one of the chapters in the book gets into the, the power of spending time on the ground as we already mentioned if right now while you have access to physical autonomy you can move and you can squat and you can do all those things if you do not take advantage of that now and, and leverage that and use that on a daily basis, at some point you will end up being a liability to the tribe because you've fallen and you can't get up. Yeah. Yeah. Fallen can't get up. And you're like, fuck. Okay. Like and now gotta I got to go push grandma off my cliff kids. Now. My kids need to go. They need to move in with me. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I fall, I don't like grand granddad doesn't know what to do. You know, the Norse used to, uh, they had the et to stupa practice. Have you ever heard of that? No. The Norse people had the et to stupa. What's that? And what they would do is, um, whenever you, uh, got to a point where you couldn't walk on your own anymore with a walking stick. Mm. The whole tribe walked you up in this big, wonderful, grand ceremony to the top of the cliff, bro, and you did a swan dive. Wow. It was just no a... No way. Fuck yeah, the man. The Etta Stupa. Etta Stupa. That's hardcore shit, man. I can't believe I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. The, that's like the, my favorite... I, I should have put that in the book. The <laughs> you got to re, rewrite Christ. it. You got to have the chapter well, on the Etta 2.0. We're putting the Etta Stupa in their first fucking paragraph. Well, but the thing about the different. <laughs> I love that you love that. Uh, think about the difference in the mindset and the psyche and the value set of a person who's willing to live that kind of life and go out yeah. in that way. There's just obviously not a fear of of the beyond there's not a fear of death there's a whole different uh relationship that you've got with, with with death and with the infinite when you're willing to do that well then you also have to question what is death and what am i um you know and so if you look at like uh i think it would be systems theory and like a dynamic system the convergence of a bunch of organisms say like a school of fish or birds flying whatever that do you know what that term is when birds fly in that the flying v i only know is mighty ducks patterning there's no, a there's a beautiful you know what i'm talking about that yeah, yeah, there's 100%. a great word i had yeah, on my yeah. list of words to look up today anyways we can show notes it yeah, yeah but we'll there's a to. there's a it's like something elation or something like that but anyways so when you look at a individual fish compared to a school of fish they're like it's almost like the school of fish is an organism right it's one the same thing with beehives same thing with ants aspen trees aspen trees yeah exactly you know aspen trees is a more obvious version of it because the fish can separate and swim away or whatever yeah, aspen yeah. trees are at least like still like they stay in that one tribe yeah um you know so the idea of what does it mean to kill an animal or grandpa 
in this case like grandpa is the tribe yeah you know so if grandpa's provided so much value during his like if you scuff off a skin cell when you're when you're you know writing down scuffing off you know thousands or millions of skin cells right now as i remember my arm um is that a travesty well, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, it's a part of it. I want to exfoliate. <laughs> you know, like give, give rise to the new stuff because the old stuff very likely is going to, you know, potentially turn into something that, you know, mutate into something funny. Yeah. You know, so as a whole, I'm not suggesting we kick our grandparents off of any hills or anything. Um, but I just, in, in general, I think it is fascinating the idea of like, what is an individual life in the first place? Yeah. And when you look at it from more of like a systems theory perspective, it's like, am I, I, or am I just a part of this convergence, this big school? How very Hindu of you. I'm Hindu as fuck, dude. I love it. Really? <laughs> I was, I was, uh, Hindu AF. That's the name of this podcast now. I love it. So do you do the religious thing? Are you into, are you into, um, practicing religion i think religion's cool in some way i like religion for the sake yeah. of um learning about i think people like really same matrix uh, reference like eating whatever color pill and like going deep into a thing i like to gather from that i've always been more of like a fringe type person yep which in part you know i already explained how i was a fringe type person with like relationships and stuff mostly i think and perhaps in large part out of fear distrust you know, not trusting, like, I don't know, like everybody's, we're all wearing the same jacket, you know, like, what are we doing here? What is this? <laughs> you know? And so, um, but within that, I think that those folks all wearing the same, the same jacket and reading the same book and walking the same way and all that, they're probably learning something that I wouldn't get being like a fringe character. Right. Um, you know, so I like to gather from that. And I think that if you do look in the various different spiritual texts, Bible included, it's all pretty much saying very similar things, like same, you, same, but different. You a Joseph Campbell fan? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You like Joseph Campbell? I was going to base the whole line method off of, off of the hero's journey, but then the, I think the agents didn't like it as much or the publishers didn't like it. Or so. I, I like what we did instead, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I like Joseph Campbell a lot. Yeah, I dig it. I, you know, I've always been fascinated with mythologies and with religions and comparative religious study and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of these these stories that you start to see the common threads that tie them all together. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And um, there's so, there's so many people that are these days science has progressed to the point I think where a lot of scientifically minded people, like good sound logical people, just feel like religion's a it's just a travesty, right? It's like an intellectual you know, uh, anathema thing. Like you shouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, there certainly is a lot of abuse of religion, right? There's a lot of, there's some things that aren't yeah. quite so favorable. It's a lot and of awesome. abuse of everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. But there's, um, you know, exercise is to health. What religion is to spirituality. I yeah. think, I think it's kind of the way well, that's that what the, it. that's what the, the, that's, but I've said at this point, probably like a thousand times to you. I don't know that you would have ever, ever heard it yet, but, but like that's, within all of the different fitness dogmas, there is a consistent golden thread that runs through it. And that was the whole intention or one of the, the, the primary intentions of writing the Align Method was how can we, we can join, what is that golden thread in, in dance and martial arts and weightlifting and Pilates and all of that? You know, there's consistent mechanics that, that relate to all of it that what if we just pull the good stuff out of all of those different dogmas and put that into this kind of like new dogma of like, dude, as you're walking down the street to grab a cappuccino, as you're carrying your kids, as you're picking something off the ground, as you're breathing, as you're sitting, as you're standing, as you're driving in your car, 
all of those are opportunities for fitness and we can pull those golden threads from wrestling and fucking gymnastics and pull that into your commute. Yeah, that's tremendous. My thing, you know, one of the big things that changed my life when I, I found your work and started trying to figure out how the fuck I was going to integrate fitness into my life. Cause it just, you know, how do you get started when you have no idea? You yeah. know, it was, uh, it was one day sitting on the couch. I was watching star Trek next generation. You watch star Trek next generation. Not since I was like six podcast. Over. I don't know what next generation Kill is it. though. Maybe I just <laughs> watch old school star Trek. Yeah, no, no, it was probably the same one. Yeah, yeah, we're about the same age. So yeah. if you were six watching it, that's when I was growing up watching. Yeah, I remember right? my dad, was, he had a big bowl of popcorn. He was wearing his bati. Yeah. I don't know what it, it's bati. is like this like thing wrapped around your nuts. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. It's like a, like a, what is that? Yeah, called? Sarong. Yeah, like a sarong. I love it. Yeah, my dad was interesting. He I went love to, he it. Went to, he went to prison smoking crack, that guy. Really? Yeah. What a fucking great story. <laughs> We've been talking about the wrong shit for the last hour. <laughs> Jesus. How much time do we have left? I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> now he's out. Now he's this bored. explains so much. Is this, is this why you're such a goofball? And yeah, your dad I mean, have a humor, lot to do with humor, that? Humor, humor is important, man. Um, well, laughter is the enemy of, of stress, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that most people like comedian i'm not i'm not traditionally funny i'm more just kind of like silly weird that sometimes that comes out as surprising which is kind of humor yeah yeah smiles happen i get it yeah um but within that i think that um a lot of that is again like more protection yeah you know like one time i went to visit my dad while he's in prison and it was like christmas and i was i was visiting from i was in hawaii at the time i moved um and I was there with my brother and there's, you know, pops, you know, and comes out and he's like fucking prison, <laughs> you know, and it's not, it's, Jesus. it's like, it's like, it's, if you were to look at it and it'd be, you know, you were like eight years old or something like that and look in 10 years in the future or whatever that was at that point, 11, 11 years, something like that. Um, you'd be like, wow, this is about worst case scenario right you know there's lots of things that would actually be much worse than that sure realistically. But it's going to rank pretty high up there in the moment for sure yeah if you're like a little kid um and in that moment all i could do was crack jokes and laugh and you know all that i think is that where part, that came from with you i don't know maybe, maybe. yeah i think i think in part i think there, there was like so now my dad is he's doing really well He's doing the best ever. He's in love now, which is very exciting. That's awesome. And he's like, Dad. he like loves Jesus. Jesus is his homeboy. And so Sweet. for him, religion has been really of great value. So I yeah, respect yeah. that. Sure. Um, I think that religion is, is, is like a medicine, you know, and it's like, is it the right medicine for you or not? Like, it probably depends on the time of year, your age, you know, like where you're at in your life. Sure. You know, at some point, the medicine that you take today will probably not be the medicine for you in nine years. Right. Right. If, you know, if you're growing. If you're growing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that again, back to like Watts, um, he describes religion as kind of like a like a scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the scaffolding holds you up until you can kind of let go of that story that you were told about of, uh, you know, this deity doing this and saving the world and picking the mountain up above their head and protecting the town from rain and all that stuff. It's a Hare Krishna reference. Um, you know, and, and at some point you can move past that and say, All right, you know what, maybe I'm just or maybe not even past. I don't know. I'm kind of being like spiritually arrogant, but going into a place of, of like, okay, like, you know what, maybe I am just connected with everything and I don't need some book to tell me that. Um, you know, I feel this love with or without those chapters telling me about these 
these stories. Uh, do you do you have a practice in your life that takes you to that that place of divinity and that place of of nirvana? How do you get there? You seem like a pretty meditative, mindful dude. I've yeah. been following you for a minute. Yeah. How do you get there? Um, I watch the sunset every day. You know, so I I I I make that be a, a primary staple, um, almost no matter what. Like people sometimes to make things easier, um, it's to like get my face out of the cell phone. Uh, if if whoever person is like, oh, let's like meet up or whatever, my common response is like, oh, just meet up at this place for sunset. I'll very likely be there. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm fucking moving to Santa Monica. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, you know. So I, I so I don't think it, that's that big of a deal. As I'm saying it, it sounds like some like Native American something. I'm mean, like, no, no, it's really not a big deal. It's like I go down to this place called Santa Monica Muscle Beach, which is like there's slack lines set up and people picking each other up and bars to spin around on. It's just a play, it's literally an adult playground, um, and I make it a point to go there to watch the sunset almost every day i get that i grew up on a lake and the our house was facing to the west and it, those sunsets that came over that lake were always beautiful to me mm. and recently i realized that i haven't gone and watched that sunset in a long time so it's kind of a synchronistic thing for me to ask that question and for you to answer it in that way it's really cool mm. uh it's a total sidebar mm. on fucking muscle beach i just saw the other day some dude was lifting you up over his head with one hand Oh, Mike Idala, my man. Rice, man. Mike's my man crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're 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 not a small dude. You're six four plus. Two twenty. Two hundred twenty pounds. Two twenty. And this Mike's, guy, Mike's some. Uh, he's a bad mofo. What in the world, <laughs> man? That was that was too much. Now I've I've seen you and and, and some of the other guys doing that with much smaller humans. Yeah, that's right. Typically, the way it goes. It's typically the way that works. I never pictured you as a flyer before. His goal is to be able to overhead squat. 400 pounds and he's like a little guy he's not i mean not a little guy but he's not i mean he's much smaller than i am really uh, yeah i couldn't tell all that much but it's crazy yeah it's ridiculous and so it wasn't that he was just picking me up over his head he's picking up what's called a side star so i'm all all of my weight is in his one hand and i'm up on my side of my hip and i'm kind of like everything's spread out like a starfish essentially uh -huh. so he's teetering balancing me up there and then he goes into what was going to be a turkish get up but we we did end up flailing on that um and then we come into some cute little and you can see it at the on the instagram page <laughs> yeah 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 we'll we'll we'll, th we'll throw that in if you're watching this on youtube uh you'll we'll throw it in there so you'll get yeah. you'll get that when did you start doing like the uh the acro stuff and the rolfing and whatever what uh, is rolfing? stuff was a while ago rolfing well stru I, I explained before the structural integration is, is a better term for it so that was originally what what rolfing okay gotcha, was gotcha. called was structural integration and there's various different schools ranging from, like, I think I might have mentioned, like Feldenkrais, Alexander Technique. Uh, a lot of it comes from the practice of osteopathy. Um, and it's essentially what it is, is you're working to align the parts from the foot all the way up to the top of the head. And the way that they do that is through slow uh, manipulations, working with connective tissue or fascia. I love it. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? That's been... I don't know. Rolfing. I went to school. So before that, I was doing I was doing uh, other forms of manual therapy. Um, but I think rolfing was has probably been maybe eight years or something like that. And are are you a therapist? Do you like a talk therapist? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, do, do you do? Uh, no, I mean, or uh, it's that's what it ends up or any of that being. Stuff? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I studied psychology and at University of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're just naturally all fucking smooth like this, and like, 
paying attention to people's problems and helping people work stuff out. I've been working with people and including, I mean, back to like my dad's stuff. I mean, there was a time where I was passing letters underneath his door, uh, doing my best to convince him not to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's from like a young age. How old were you whenever that was going on? 16. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's real tough. No, it's great. It's a fucking miracle. Yeah. That's what a miracle is. I think like that's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Like honest to God, like, like to be at this point pretty young, you know, and, and, and like to be doing the stuff that I feel just like flabbergasted and privileged that I get to just, just follow do, your bliss, do the crap that I'm doing. Yeah, man. Um, if I didn't have that, um, there'd be no way, man. <laughs> you know, it was great. That's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. I love that, that Joseph Campbell concept of follow your bliss. Yeah. You know, uh, looks to me like you li- you're living your best life. Mm. You think? There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Work's never done, huh? <laughs> no. What are you working on right now? Opening my heart, man. Yeah. We got some beeps. Oh, we got to flip the camera things? No, you're Oh, we right, got we cool. got mad cameras going on. Oh, we got we got cameras yeah. for days. Son. Yeah, yeah. cameras Up for in days. Here. Um, so what are you what are you working on right now? What's what's Aaron Alexander's like personal fucking project? What are you trying to do? Well, you know the book is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the primary thing. Um, making uh, underneath all of that though, I think like love is the with primary you. is the primary thing that I'm I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, so all of this stuff with movement movement is just an excuse to bring people together and get us to do weird shit together and, you know, release the shame stuff that I was, I was referring to earlier and just be weird, you know, and open and then, you know, drop any kind of judgment. Um, you know, it. so bringing groups of people together. So I do these like monthly dinners where I bring a bunch of interesting people together and I love teaching workshops and getting to gather humans to move on the ground in weird ways and breathe in weird ways and look at each other in weird ways and balance on each other in weird ways. Um, weird means to be in control of one's fate, by the way. That's the original etymology. Is that what that uh, means? Yeah, it's an old English word, W-Y-R-D, weird. To be in um, control of one's fate? Yeah, weird means fate. You know, so if you're a weird person, you're, you're probably doing, doing the right thing. I like that. Yeah, so underneath everything, um, I think cultivating meaningful community is the thing that I care about the most. And the way that I see where we can like feed multiple birds with one hand or instead of killing them, um, which then, you know, what does it mean to kill a bird? Cause it's just attached to the convergence of the whole, the whole system. Um, but to <laughs> get your shit together, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, within yeah. that, it's just an excuse to bring people together, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, I, uh, anyone who is not currently following Aaron on every platform that you can find him on, go find him good dude thanks man knows some things uh pick up the align method it's going to come out december 24th but you can pre-order right now i, I pre-ordered yep. mine on amazon i appreciate that and that shit will come right to your doorstep on december Christmas. 24th yeah, yeah that's I mean, that's, 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 that's what amazon amazon says uh it says arise by december 24th whether that is the case or not we'll find that's out that's not up to you you're not shipping it it's not, i'm not shipping it yeah, but no, yeah it no says, this amazon says you'll get it by december 24th uh people can go to the alignbook.com to, to pre-order on there they'll get some bonuses and extras and such um and 
Thanks yeah. for letting me know in advance, Dick. I already got mine on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. It's all That's good. That's all right. I'll yeah. have you send me in a line band, an yeah, Alexander yeah. band. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'll do that briefly. I, um, Aaron's work has changed my life. It's impacted my family, my kids. Man, I'm, I'm so thankful to you for all of the things that you do and for just being the, the genuine, awesome human that you are. Thanks. And uh, everybody needs to get in on some of that goodness. And then, um, you know, look, I, I think that we're, we're tribal um, we're a tribal species. We're a communal species, and we do best in these tribal and communal settings. And um, even when we're not personally together in a tribe around a great big campfire, one of the amazing things is that social media has given us that ability for me to stop by your page or you to stop by my page or I can go to Kyle's page or Aubrey's page and there's a great big bonfire going on there. Yep. And we can come light our torches on that bonfire and we can run off into the woods and Ideally, we stand beside the bonfire instead of getting burnt by it, though. Ideally, ideally, yeah. <laughs> That's why you gotta like make sure you don't have too many tequilas and you fall in the right, fall exactly. in the bonfire. You have your wits about you while you're holding the bonfire in your hand. Yep. Go, uh, go light your torch on Aaron's page yep. and uh, so, some other friends of yours. You got uh, Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey's a, a, a great guy to follow and, yep. and get his info and stuff too. And, and Kyle Kingsbury, wonderful guy. Kingsbury, um, love it. Um, Aaron, thanks for your time, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah, if people give a dang, they can tune in the podcast as well. That's what I've been doing that for the last four and a half years. And 100%. Have, a line podcasting. You're up on all, all the, the platforms. weirdos on there. What? You're on all the platforms, right? All the platforms. So line podcast. All the things. All the things. So Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, everything. Is that on YouTube too? It is, yeah. All right. Fucking everything's everything. Yeah. Go follow them. It's good shit. Cool. Thank you, brother. Much love. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Peace. That was fun.